Have you ever said to yourself, I don't have enough time. I am so overwhelmed. I need more clarity. I don't know how to do this. My to-do list is miles long. I'm exhausted. There's got to be a better way. Hi there, I'm Brad. And I'm Manette. Not only have we said all these things ourselves, but we've heard our community of creative entrepreneurs say them over and over again. That's why we created the Structure and Flow podcast. I'm Structure. And I'm Flo. And this is the Productivity Podcast for Creative Entrepreneurs. We believe that doing more and working harder are not the solution to your productivity challenges. We believe in more play, more fun, and more profit. Join us as we explore the interplay between structure and flow so that we can bring more grace and ease to your creative business. Hi, and welcome to episode 118 of Structure and Flow, the productivity podcast for creative entrepreneurs. Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Minette Riard, and I'm Flo. I'm Structure. I'm Brad. (laughs) (laughs) It's so awesome to be back with episode 118. Hopefully, you listened last week to the awesome conversation we had with Shannon about content marketing and how to um, really improve your productivity based on not doing all the things. That's the truth. And we're going to continue that conversation today. And we're going to talk about workflow. Like, what the heck does workflow mean? Oh, that sounds way too much like structure, Manette. <laughs> it's a little bit different than structure, but I think it lends itself to improving structure in our business. So we're going to talk about how to design a workflow, what are different kinds of workflows, and who knows where the conversation might take us. Very cool. We're a little punchy because we just spent, what, like three hours doing our planning yes. for the rest we, of the year? We planned like little busy beavers. We did. And our heads are kind of full. But you know what? We actually started creating some visual examples of workflows for all the different areas of our business that we're working on. So this is kind of like really timely. It, um, you know, again, I know we said and that last time as well, but we, you know, it's we always are, true. We're more productive when we're planning well and we're more productive with good workflows. So. Yeah. Cool. You want to start with a quote, Manette? Sure. So theory is splendid, but until put into practice, it is valueless, said James Cash Penny, the founder of J.C. Penny Department Stores. So it's all talk until you actually start walking it's the walk. It's all talk until you get into action, right? So, I mean, you see this certainly in the sciences, You see it in weight loss and fitness programs. And we talk a lot about how many incredible analogies there are between training and fitness and wellness and other areas of life and productivity in your business. So we can talk about the value of structure all day long. And what we know to be true about working with creatives over the last five years is that the more visual we can make it the more successful we're going to be. So the cool thing about creating workflow is that you can do it with my favorite crayons, markers, sticky notes. This doesn't have to be about technology, although it can be. I want to get, I want to get how you got workflow from this quote. That's what I didn't get. It's not, it's not quite flowing for me. Am I going to put ah, you on the spot? No, you're not going to put me on the spot because there weren't any quotes about workflow. Ah. <laughs> there were all kinds of great quotes about efficiency. And, you know, there's always great quotes about success and time management. But on this show, we talk a lot about structure and flow and nothing we say 
on this show will do you any good unless you actually implement it, right? So from our own perspective, we talk about planning and planning in theory is great. So this morning we modeled what that looked like to put our theory into practice, which was to put uh, plans and workflows around. In fact, we even talked about over lunch, how can we even take our planning even deeper into better workflow Mm -hmm. by theming our days as Alan Brown shared a few episodes back in his awesome interview that we did. But so for me, everything we talk about is useful and you got to take what feels useful to you and actually put it into action to get the real value out of this as as a workflow gotcha we do that for this podcast certainly there's a workflow before the podcast starts and a work whole workflow after the podcast uh, after we're done recording there's a whole bunch of stuff around that there is and so you know another question that people might be having as they're listening to this and as i was planning the content before i sent it off to you for you to add your ideas is what's the difference between a workflow or workflows and a system? Mm. Let me put you on the spot now. So I guess a system is just still talking about it. It might be down on paper or something. Um, Whereas a workflow describes, no, that doesn't, I was going to say, whereas a workflow describes the thing in action. But a system is a process, a checklist, and some of that applies to workflow as well. But I think there's this overarching idea of workflow that is really important to consider, which is why, and I could have used this as the quote, but it's really the definition of workflow. I found a great article when I was doing my research by a guy named Benjamin Brandall. Brandall? Sure. Sure. It was an awesome article. And he said that workflows are the way people get work done. Duh, right? Sounds, if you go read the the Wikipedia entry on workflows, like it just will make your head twist into space. And not, it was not a very creative look. It was thing. not a creative look at workflows. So workflows are the way that people get work done. And they can be illustrated as series of steps that need to be completed sequentially in a diagram or checklist. So a workflow is actually, I would say, part of a systemized process for planning and getting things done. And, you know, it's interesting when you when you said the word there, it triggered something in the, in my mind is that it's the combination of work and flow. Yes. Um, which which does make it a little different than a system, right? Mm-hmm. It's your work in action. Your yeah. work and those steps flowing together. And so for me also, a system can be something as simple as uh, the checklist we created for the podcast and how we get the podcast done. But the workflow is the sequencing and priorities of how the whole process happens. So we actually need to understand the workflow first in order to get to then maybe those internal systems that help us get our tasks done efficiently. And I, I think there's two, there's, Traditionally, there's a concept of a workflow pr- producing something at the end. So something that you actually output, uh, a unit of work, whether that's a chapter of a book or a book itself, in our case, a podcast episode that is then consumed by you, y'all, <laughs> y'all. Um, a piece of art. Said the Canadian. So like the, like the art that's behind us, there was a workflow involved in that. You know, it involved going to Michael's and standing in line to buy a canvas. <laughs> There's it, always a long line up at it, our Michael's. It involved uh, perhaps tracing some stuff from a... a uh, not that one. That was not traced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, all that type of stuff, as well as the flow of 
where the desk was set up, where the where the uh, where your easel yeah, was set so up. Yeah, so you're getting ahead of the game here with our different types of workflows. Sure, but it still ended up with an end result. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to think of workflow literally as workflowing when one stage to the next, whether that's through a colleague, because workflows can often involve entire teams whether it's flowing through a tool or other processes. And you can execute a full workflow alone, all by yourself as a solo entrepreneur, like writing, editing, publishing a blog post, or it can involve multiple people on a team. For example, in the creative industries, when you have five people all working on a creative project or in a law firm or you have multiple people working on a project, everybody has to contribute their time in order to create an invoice. Right. So there's a lot of different examples of how workflow impacts. But I was really curious with your systems and process background in software, did you guys draw things out using workflows when it came to planning for software? Oh, let's see. I think probably even more complex than that. <laughs> more <laughs> complex than that. Well, so what's the next level? So many steps involved right. in, in stuff. Um, but a lot of times I, I don't think, I think we lost track of what the workflow was. Mm. So there wasn't someone standing back saying, oh gosh, that developer is spending an extra two hours at this step of the workflow mm -hmm. that could be completely automated. Right. Or we could spend $1,000 here and have 90% of our developers save 15, 15 minutes a day, which yeah. you know translates into millions of dollars or right. whatever, that thing. So um, yeah, from a software development perspective, um, I think we were missing out there um, mm -hmm. where... What you really wanted, especially for team efficiency, was to actually have someone look at what people are doing in terms of their workflow. And you can do this at a micro level, at your own level, uh, as a solopreneur. I know, um, you're giving away all my steps here. Well, you just asked the question. <laughs> it, was so. a great, it was a great answer to the question. But part of having workflows in place is checking them for productivity and to be able to assess how much time it's taking you to get things done where you're losing a lot of your time. Yeah, so for instance, if you, you let working your, outside the flow? If you let your uh, if you let your art brushes dry overnight. With paint on them. How well would your workflow be working for you? <laughs> Since our children have done that more times than I've cared to count, I know exactly right. how long it would take. So let's talk about what the different types of workflow are that people can consider implementing in order to improve their productivity. Sure. Uh, so start? Yeah, we can talk about physical space, um, what it is you have set up to do your work. Some of you are keyboarding. Some of you are physically creating uh, different works of art. Uh, you might be a writer. What is the physical space that enables your workflow? And there may be things on the in the physical space that are part of your workflow, your tools. So your tools might be a moleskin notebook and a uh, an IBM Selectric <laughs> typewriter. Uh, they might be a specific set of... Uh, paints and canvases. They might be uh, heavy-duty video, videography tools. Um, there's definitely workflow involved in videography. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking on the, just from a physical setup, we have a client who is a woodworker. So in her shop, she has things designed so that she's flowing from drawing 
to measuring, to cutting, to assembling, right? That is the, Well, you don't assemble before you cut? Well, you could try, but it's kind of hard to trim wood with just like a little snip of a pair of scissors or something, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, unless you're doing a, a chainsaw art. Yeah, right? exactly. Or you're just chopping away and then it doesn't really matter. But thinking about the, the physical steps and things that work in a wood shop, or when I was growing up, my dad and my stepdad owned a company that made uh, carnival rides, especially merry-go-rounds. Minette is a carny, if you didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, one of my favorite summer jobs is painting merry-go-round horses, but that's a story for another day. And what I remember was that each part of the machine shop was set up for a different purpose. And to make just one merry-go-round horse, there's the 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 molds and the casting and the welding and, and the paint and the paint the whole horse paint i only had to do the fun decorative painting part so it's it's knowing that there was a very clear workflow and many people involved in the process of creating one merry-go-round horse even before it became part of the whole machine of a merry-go-round itself so that's an example of thinking creatively about your current workspace and could you implement better workflow? So for us, part of our workflow, making sure things are charged up Mm -hmm. and ready to go, making sure that we have coffee and water ready to go, that when we sit down to work, that the right notebook with our to-do list is beside us. So looking even at your how you've organized your physical space so that it becomes another part of routines. You know, we talked about morning routines and about how do you set yourself up for success? And part of that is making it easy to step into your own workflow from a physical perspective. So your, your brushes aren't dried with paint on them. <laughs> they better not be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's such a huge deal to be able to... Uh, step into a workflow that is unencumbered by clutter or dull tools. <laughs> you know, the term dull there could, could uh, <laughs> apply to anything. Manette without coffee is yeah, a very it could be dull a, tool. The tool between your ears. <laughs> it could be, uh, you know, oh, all those things. My first thought was knives in the kitchen. So I was, my workflow this morning was getting some yummy pork green chili put on to cook in the slow cooker and my knife was dull. I was not happy and it definitely impacted my productivity and my workflow. And you think these things sound so simple, but they add up. And kitchens are a great time. example kitchens of Kitchens are a great example <laughs> watch, of workflow. Watch some guys in a, in a professional kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And teams working together and how the people flow. It's, it's amazing to think about. So we want to move from physical space to thinking in the analogy of the paintbrushes with dried paint on them is a great example. But what is your creative process? This is also a workflow for anybody doing any kind of creative work. Brad mentioned writing, we mentioned woodworking, we mentioned machinery, but this is true in music, it's true in programming. What is your productive creative workflow? And I recently took a really fun class on creating a deck of oracle cards And if you follow me at Art Journal Club on Instagram, you can see a few of them. And I posted them on Facebook and Creative Business Owners Facebook group. But what I learned from the class was how to have better workflow to make the whole process go faster. And it felt kind of frustrating at first. Like we were supposed to have um, piles of different colors uh, from our stash. of. So I had piles of yellow paper, piles of red paper, piles of pink paper. So all these, you know, I did my organization up front. I had piles of images and symbols and piles of words that I might want to use. So putting in the time up front 
so that when it came time to sit down and get work done, the workflow process was already in progress. So think about how can you do that? Our Monday Motivation email series is another example where I have a whole collection of images and I allow the images to inspire me, but I have a very clear workflow process that starts with the image, then with me writing, then it goes from me to our amazing VA. And she does the actual implementation and pushing out of the emails, the blog posts, the social media. So there's a very clear workflow and very clear examples of who's responsible for what. Right. Good stuff. Creative workflow. I have to think about that one some more. Well, think of it, think about creative processes for programming. Like sure. you do noodling on paper first to think about mm-hmm. your ideas. Like there's a lot of workflow pieces that come uh, into play before you ever actually start programming or developing a new piece of software. That's true. Lots of design, lots of stuff in my head, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. But there's definitely a flow to that. So, And if you can become really conscious, you might think that, um, oh, I don't have a process for my creativity or I only write when I feel like it or only program when I feel like it, only paint when I feel like it. Well, the most successful writers and the most successful artists and the most successful people in business will tell you, you cannot wait for inspiration to strike. You actually have to do the prep work so that inspiration shows up when you have the time and when you're ready. Mm -hmm. So understanding your own creative process, and you probably have one unconsciously, even if you aren't aware of your steps, you probably have already doing the same things. Like I found this great picture that I loved, uh, maybe it was W.H. Auden, of this writer that had this little writer's hut, like mm-hmm. totally old school on basically like a lazy Susan, where <laughs> he could, it was a little tiny that he could personally, it was light enough by himself, he would turn it all day to catch the sun so that he had as oh, much light as possible. Talk about maximizing his workflow yeah, in right. a super creative way. But again, that process is he went into his hut he wrote for so many hours, he came out for lunch, took a walk for a couple hours, and then maybe would go back and write. So his creative process became very structured in a sense so that he was ready for inspiration. And even if he got into the writer's hut and he wrote a bunch of crappy stuff, he created the habit of writing. So workflow can um, increase, I think, those moments of inspiration and increase productivity by just getting you to show up in your workspace every day. That's cool. Yeah, I listened to a, a recently listened to a Joe Rogan podcast episode with uh, Chuck Palahniuk, the author of Fight Club. Um, pretty well known, but Joe really gets it and picks into his brain about um, about his process for writing, and and there's just some fantastic insights into how he puts together a, a book. You know, he, he has his journal with him all the time, and and takes notes and that's that's what generates a book he doesn't do any keyboarding for you know a couple of years he's collecting things in this in this notebook collecting stories and then mm-hmm. and then the ideas uh those germinate ideas and they, and they come together into a book it's pretty neat stuff it is neat and if you were to go and simply google the word workflow what you get is a whole bunch of pictures of diagrams mm-hmm. of all different kinds and people using them, especially in corporate settings. And being super visual, I think those kind of diagrams are really impactful, especially if you're working on group projects or with multiple players that need a more formal visual way and an automated way of moving through workflow. And like Brad was saying, where you could be checking in on how much time are people spending on different 
steps and stages of the workflow. So I would invite you to get really curious about how could you automate and or create visual diagrams of workflow in the different aspects of your business to improve productivity? Yeah, anything like that. We're in, it gives you an opportunity to then uh, have this reference point and going back to what we talked about before in terms of improving a workflow, you have that reference point. And if you see yourself in the same step of the workflow all the time when you don't think you should be, uh, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to to improve that part of the workflow. Or if you're if it's a repeatable process and you're using the same workflow for all your different projects and you're getting stuck at the same place every single time, you get to look at why. But I thought maybe you could talk about Entreport's campaign builder as a great example of a visual example of workflow and how we use that to see in our marketing what's working and where we need to improve. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's kind of the same and a little bit of the reverse of that. Um, Their campaign builder gives you an opportunity to show how um, people that come into your, uh, become aware of you and are interested in your email newsletter or your Facebook updates or things like that how they can receive communications from you and and how you can market to them. But it's in a visual scale. So you can drag and drop uh, icons around and see the steps that people are going to go through uh, when they're, when they're, uh, when they say that they're interested in you, but it's a great way to be able to look at that. And in fact, with theirs built in statistics in terms of how long people spend at each part of that flow. So, to a certain extent, it is a workflow, uh, except it's for clients that are coming in through your Well, your to system. me, it works on a couple of different levels. And I realize I should have clarified Entreport, if you've never heard it before, is the, the company and the tool that we use for all of our CRM, our customer relationship management, as well as our email marketing and a lot of our other digital marketing, landing pages, sales pages, opt-in opportunities, all that is done through this amazing local company from here in Santa Barbara called Mm -hmm. Entreport that we're big fans of. What I like about the campaign builder is that it helps me as a very visual creative person understand the thought process that people go through. And I actually know what emails to create in a campaign by following this visual campaign builder. Right. So Brad can go in and do the visual of the campaign. So for example, someone opts into a a lead magnet. For example, they take the unique productivity style quiz that we're always telling you guys about. (laughs) And um, they take the quiz but they don't actually open the email with their results, which happens all the time. So then it tells us, oops, they didn't click on that email. We need to bug them, make sure that they get what they asked for. And if they did open the email, then we say, great, so you're a commander. That's awesome. Here's what else you need to know about being a commander. And we can really start to build a relationship with them. Or it's a sales page and somebody goes to the sales page, but they don't buy. We know that. And we could say, hey, you didn't buy. You still got a chance. Or, hey, you didn't buy. Why not? We'd really love your feedback. So it gives you the chance to really understand not only all the emails that you need to create, But what that thought process is of creating an online communication experience and that really builds community engagement. And our daughter just walked in the door. You probably um, maybe heard her shouting in the background saying it smells really good because that green chili smells really good. 
keep talking about the next one. Keep talking about the next one. And he's going to go tell our daughter that we're recording a podcast. Talk about being raw and um, like this is our real life and what happens every day. So the fourth type of workflow that we wanted to share was about creative projects. And I recently took a wonderful, wonderful course from Creative Live. I love Creative Live with a brilliant designer named Lisa Congdon. And it was specifically about time management, productivity, and workflow for people in the creative industry. So she's an illustrator by trade. She's Mm -hmm. worked on some amazing projects. And she often will have three, four, five big projects all going on at the same time. So in that context, workflow takes on a completely different meaning than any of the ones that we've shared before. And we've talked with this about our clients as well is having some type of place where you're storing all of these projects, if I can talk, where you're storing your projects, where you can keep track of the workflow, where you can keep track of the process, the sequence, the tasks, where things are getting marked off when they're getting done. And then when a project is complete, it's removed from the workflow. One of the first graphic designers I ever worked with, she did this visually just using a whiteboard. She had this awesome system on her whiteboard where she had like three columns. And so she had uh, projects that were brand new and just beginning, projects that were waiting for revision, and projects that were completed and needed to be invoiced. So she had this very clear, super simple workflow, and she just moved people across the board. Lisa Congdon uses a spreadsheet, and she organized it by big projects, medium projects, and small projects so that she could manage her time effectively. And she knew if there was a bigger project that needed more chunks of time, then that could get scheduled into her calendar as well. Right. And then things like uh, Trello or Asana. Uh, Trello, I think, is a, a better example where you can have uh, boards that graphically display how these things are going to work that you can share between people. Uh, I think is an effective way to go. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm, I think I'll call out that example of big project, small project, middle project. That's not really helpful from a, a workflow perspective. No, but it was Maybe helpful from, from a time, time management yeah, yeah. perspective and part. being able sure. to really understand how much time projects would take. Sure. And for her, it meant that if all of a sudden she found herself with you know 15 minutes between phone calls. She could grab a small task from her list. So it served uh, dual purposes for her. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a, a great clarity. And then the other great one, actually, that's beautifully designed for workflow, if you are still an analog fan and love pen and paper, is the bullet journal method. Bullet journaling is super popular. It was started actually by a student and um, really just uh, took off in the art journaling communities because people love creating really fun pages. But the concept is that using a pen and paper, most often a a moleskin journal, that you create rolling to-do lists. And Lisa Congdon also talked about this from a workflow perspective of having rolling to-do lists. So nothing gets lost. So that on a day-to-day basis, if you haven't completed a task, you don't have one long, massive to-do list. You guys have heard us talk about our big six. We're big fans of minimizing your to-do list, but you still need to have it be rolling so that you're not losing track of tasks. So when you get into a rhythm in your workflow, you'll be able to better assess how much time things take. You'll be be able to better sequence the steps involved in a process Mm -hmm. as well. I think this is a big part of productivity is learning how to prioritize your tasks 
And really the, what I love, I think about the visual aspect of the workflow is being able to see the steps out in front of you and not skip ahead three steps, which is, I can do that, right? Like it would be awesome to just go from blank canvas to this painting, but you know, this was five days, six days of painting and coming back and painting and adding and detracting. And I had to do the background first. I couldn't do the background last Mm -hmm. because then it would have blurred all around the edges. And so it's really starting to look at what do I need to do first? What do I need to do second? And it forces you to think through the sequencing before you start the project. And it sounds like that takes time, but in the end, it saves you so much time to think through the sequencing of the steps before you begin. Yeah. I think a good example of that might be um, if you were, and I don't have any experience in this, but I I would think that if you were casting, say in bronze, Mm. there's some really Mm -hmm. specific workflow there and you can't mess it up Mm -hmm. because if you mess it up, you're going to waste a whole bunch of, uh, you know, probably expensive stuff well, and, I'm sure and a lot of we time. Were, right? When we were recording the podcast, there were plenty of episodes where we showed up with a few sticky notes and, you know, we didn't really think through the mm-hmm. conversation. So we've gotten a lot better in 118 episodes of really being more thoughtful in the way that we structure the content. So it's, you know, there's a content decision there to make as well. And, and like most of the things that we talk about on Structure and Flow, we're talking about structure and it can feel a little bit icky and it's not free form like y'all like, but the fact is he's we, talking to me when he said that not we, you. um, you know, we've sharpened our tools related to this podcast and we have a workflow and it means that we can go from zero to 60. If we're going to delve into That's car, car, car analogies, analog- fast analogies, and, furious analogies. and start being creative yep. without worrying about the tools, without worrying about, the workflow and all of those things. And that's really what you want, right? You want to free yourself up to be your creative best yeah. by having this workflow in place and, uh, and being more productive because of that. Yeah. Meaning you get to create more of the work that, you know, you want to, and you're put on this earth to create. <laughs> yeah. And it's about simplicity. And again, it's back to this, you know, if we think about the amount of uh, creative inspiration that goes into the work that we do, and this is true for almost any industry. I don't know that any industry doesn't require creative inspiration at multiple points along the process, the more prepared you are ahead of time, actually the more creative you are. We've talked about the principle of creative constraints. Workflow creates that constraint Mm -hmm. organically for you so that you can show up ready to go and ready to get to work and not wasting as much time. And I'm a big fan of working smart and saving as much time as possible because the faster that I get my work done, the more time I get to paint. Cool stuff. What do we got on for next week? What do we got on for next week? We're going to talk about how mindfulness helps productivity. In fact, over the next four or five episodes, we're going to be looking at other areas of our life that impact productivity in our business. We're starting with mindfulness. We're also going to talk about diet and exercise. We even have a great conversation coming up on gamification and how you can gamify your productivity to inspire you and celebrate getting more done, reward yourself for getting more done. So, But mindfulness is what we're going to be talking about last time, along with a review of a great book we just read called Mind Time. Good stuff. 
And then don't forget, go take that quiz. It's the unique productivity style quiz. No two people do productivity the same. So make sure you're creating a productivity blueprint that is ideal for your personality. You can take that at pathtoprofitacademy.com forward slash UPS quiz. It'll be in the show notes as well. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Structure and Flow, the productivity podcast for creative entrepreneurs. To find out more about this episode and others, go to pathtoprofitacademy.com and click on the podcast link.